Yes, game day is just around the corner, and we get into final thoughts like, hey, why should MSU fans feel pretty good about this game despite being underdogs? Maybe why we shouldn't feel pretty good? And then keys to the game, is this a must-win game? And oh yeah, we see if we can make it four straight weeks in the positive for best bets at the end. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, thank you so much for kicking off your week four kickoff with us here at Locked On Spartans. That's right, I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and yes, we do this five days a week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, we got the podcast going, we got the YouTube channel going, and actually, last week's preview against Washington, I saw someone from France tuned into this show, so bonjour to you, good sir or ma'am, if you're you know still hanging around this show, but regardless, thank you all for kicking off your week for action with us here at Locked On Spartans. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Really, do anything that makes you happy because that's, that's what we're here for. Your happiness and to, well, fill you in on what's going to be happening this weekend. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. Spartans, Gophers, 3.30 on Big Ten Network. Or, hey, just take a trip down the road to sunny East Lansing, Spartan Stadium, of course, Michigan State's third home game, as I'm sure you know this by now. Now, maybe if you're not too wrapped up in the world of gambling, maybe something you don't know by now is that Vegas has the home Michigan State Spartans as underdogs to Minnesota. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense from the outside looking in. And look, we're going to get into why maybe Vegas has Michigan State as underdogs, but we want to start the show on a positive note here. That's right. Uh, We're going to talk about why we should feel pretty good about this game going into Saturday. And then, yes, we will get into why you know Minnesota might be a pretty good team here. But, hey, why should we State fans feel good about this Saturday's game? The obvious stuff. Like, hey, Mel Tucker is undefeated in the woodshed when fans are in the stands. Yes, we're not going to use the COVID year. No, let's only use the years that actually count. Come on now. Uh, we're building an agenda here. Uh, and also, hey, last year, Michigan State lost two games. And they bounced back in both of those following weeks with wins. MSU is a good bounce-back team. And also, with that said, yes, two losses last year, one loss so far this season. Michigan State has only three losses in their last 16 games. Contrary to popular belief, yes, Michigan State can still be a pretty good team this season. So, why should they win this game here? Uh, First and foremost, look, the run defense is still pretty solid for Michigan State. Last year, it was awesome. This year... So far, so good. They are top 20 in the nation at opponent yards per carry, just giving up 2.69 yards per carry. And that's going to be pretty important in today's game. We will obviously get to that later because that's a big area for Minnesota's offense. Now, just because the run game for Minnesota is the biggest area of their offense doesn't mean we can neglect Michigan State's strength, perhaps, over Minnesota's passing game. Yeah, I just said that out loud. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Because Michigan State's defense gets carved up more times than not in the last two seasons against opposing offenses. But look, Minnesota's passing game is more of just game management, really. Uh, They don't do much. And also, when they do stuff this season, a lot of it was through Chris Autumn Bell, their top receiver. 
He is unfortunately out for the season with a leg injury. He accounted for nearly 25% of Minnesota's receptions, nearly 30% of their receiving yards, and really, it's similar to them like uh, Jaden Reed's loss for us. Although, I don't necessarily think Minnesota has that Daniel Barker on their team, that Keon Coleman on their team, their Trey Mosley on that team, the Jeremy Bernard of their team. There's a steep drop-off between Chris Autumn Bell and the next man up. So right there, that is something that Michigan State can exploit. Also, Minnesota's quarterback, Tanner Morgan. This is a stat I've said a handful of times already this week, but here's one more for the road. Tanner Morgan. That's right, 17th year senior Tanner Morgan. Hasn't thrown for more than 300 yards since week 10 of the 2019 season. Minnesota relies heavily on the run. Michigan State's defensive strength is stopping the run. So, hey, maybe we don't have to worry too much about the pass defense. Now, if we do have to worry, okay, completely different story. Uh, Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. But also, hey, what about when our Spartans are on the field? MSU's weapons on offense are great. Let's say we get Jaden Reed back. Okay, obviously, that's, that's pretty awesome. You get a former All-Big Ten guy back, but let's say he's still out. And you still have Keon Coleman. You have Daniel Barker, Trey Mosley, Jeremy Bernard. We have all the weapons around Peyton Thorne to get stuff done on offense. And also, just a miscellaneous note here, Minnesota has by far the weakest schedule. By, by far the weakest schedule amongst Power 5 teams. If you think Michigan down the road has an easy schedule, against all odds, Minnesota has an even easier path so far to their first three games. They've played New Mexico State. They've played Western Illinois. Uh Uh-oh. And then they've played Colorado, who, look, me, you, and, and the other first nine listeners of this show, we can probably band together to beat Colorado. Uh, yeah. So Minnesota's schedule, very easy. Uh, I'm sure they would have scheduled the Mall of America security team, but apparently they weren't available any Saturdays so far this fall. So with that said, that's a lot of good stuff for Michigan State, right? I mean, hopefully you're feeling pretty good about this game coming up. Well, now we're going to level set here and start to get into why maybe Minnesota is favored by two and a half points. And first and foremost, it, it's the, the big guy in the room, Mo Ibrahim. Yes, their running back tore his Achilles last year. And just like we talked about with Kane Robb of Locked On Gophers yesterday, he somehow has bounced back to be maybe even a better player this year. Let's just go down the stats that Mo Ibrahim has compiled so far. He has seven rushing touchdowns this season. Okay, that's tied for the nation's best. He has an average of 154.7 yards per game. That's second best in the nation. He gets 6.9 yards per carry. That is the best in the Big Ten amongst running backs with at least 35 carries so far this season. He has 12 straight games of 100-plus rushing yards. He is the real deal. He's a cream of the crop. He might be the best running back Michigan State faces this season. And even when he goes to the sideline to get a quick breath, you're not getting much of a break, unfortunately, because the second running back for Minnesota, Trey Potts, he's built like Mo Ibrahim. He is 5'11", 210 pounds, and he also has averaged 5.3 yards per carry in his career. And also, if Michigan State is losing Jacob Slade, at defensive tackle again, that's a big uh uh-oh, I think, because look, Mo Ibrahim, Trey Potts, the whole Minnesota run game just leans on you, 
leans on you, leans on you. Okay, Tanner Morgan, five-yard route, leans on you, leans. They will just beat you into submission, one body blow at a time. So can Michigan State withstand all 12 rounds that Minnesota will throw at them. Also, yeah, Minnesota, with that said, with their great run game, they are awesome at maintaining possession. They are dominant in maintaining possession so far this season. Best in the country by far at 39 minutes and 56 seconds of possession per game. They have the rock in their hands for two-thirds of the games so far this season. Now again, really haven't played much of anyone, but they have the run game to maintain possession on their side for most of the season. On the contrary, Michigan State, for comparison, 99th in the country at time of possession with 28 minutes and 14 seconds per game. And what does that mean? Okay, obviously you want to have the ball because when you have the ball, got a better chance of scoring. But also, look, you obviously dominate the game and just look to their game against New Mexico State. New Mexico State only ran 33 plays the entire game. That, that's like, look, I know Minnesota or New Mexico State is pretty horrible, but even that is insane that they've only held the Aggies to 33 plays of offense that fateful, that fateful afternoon for New Mexico State. And also, the Minnesota defensive line versus the MSU offensive line might be of concern here. Minnesota, just six sacks this season, but also, like we just said, opposing offenses aren't running a lot of plays. There's been 68 drop-back passes so far for Minnesota's opponents this year, and that means that Minnesota is getting a sack 8.8% of the time, which last year would be top 20 in the country. Uh, Kane Robb, you know, locked on Gophers, just brought him up earlier, said he hasn't been overly impressed with Minnesota's front, but instead it's the secondary being sticky to the other team's receivers and getting coverage sacks. So... There you have it right there. The strong secondary helps Minnesota's front. And also, to uh, the Minnesota front is top 30 in yards per carry for the opponents. Now, you can't talk about the other team's defensive line without talking about Michigan State's offensive line, who really, really struggled last week against a Washington front that's good, but not anything particular to write home about. Uh, nothing that should have led Michigan State to running just 1.4 yards per carry last week and have Peyton Thorne running for his life. So, yeah, some of it is, okay, Minnesota maybe has an okay defensive front, but also we're, we're coming off of kind of a stinker last week against uh, Washington, so we really got to turn that around. And that's actually going to kick off our five keys to the game coming up next segment. But really quick, guys, just got to pause and talk your ear off about Underdog Fantasy. They are making the college football season and pro season and, hey, golf season too incredibly fun, incredibly easy. So thank you, Underdog Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. All right, I went into Underdog Fantasy, and it's very easy. You pick players on your favorite teams. You just guess, hey, are they going to go over on the projected stats or under? Right now, I got Peyton Thorne over 233.5 passing yards and Jalen Berger over 66.5 rushing yards for this weekend. That's bet $5 to win 15. It's easy as that. Super quick, super easy. And yes, it's easy to play and available in over 30 states. To get more into it, you can pick up to five 
players across any team. You can do a mix and match if you want to, you know, throw something on the Notre Dame game or the Texas game, what have you. You can multiply your money up to five players. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play, and you win cold, hard cash in a single game. So sign up with the promo code locked on. That's all one word, locked on. And underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Simple as that. Deposit $100, smash in promo code locked on, all one word, and you get $100 for free. So go to underdogfantasy.com or find Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. And again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on, all one word, deposit $100, get $100 for free, and get in on the college football pick'em action today. And let's get into the five keys to the game here. Yes, um, look, I'm not going to do the maybe obvious one and say, hey, key number one to the game is stop Mo Ibrahim because I just don't think that's necessarily possible. Uh, He has 12 straight games with 100-plus rushing yards for a reason. Now, perhaps a key to the game could be what we talked about with Mike Penix last week. And if you remember, we said, hey, I think the Michael Penix... Game is going to be good, no matter what. Can you just keep it from going too great? So yeah, sure, we could do the whole contain Mo Ibrahim thing to be one of our keys to the game. I think, yeah, there might be something to be said about that. But here's five additional keys to the game below that is where we left off the last segment, right? The offensive line for Michigan State. Can you bite off some time of possession this game? Can you get the ground and pound game going Because it really wasn't last week against Washington, and that ended up being detrimental. Washington just controlled that game up and down the field. Uh, And also, hey, can you let Peyton Thorne and company be comfortable behind that offensive line? We cannot have Peyton Thorne running for his life seemingly every other play, just like he was last week in Washington. Can you get a little bit of a push? Can we get Jarek Broussard cooking? Can we get Jalen Berger going? Because, yes... Time of possession might be a huge indicator of what happens at the end of this game. And also another indicator of what uh, can you know determine the outcome of this game. Get off the field on third down. Uh, that was a backbreaker last week. Yes, as, as if all the defensive issues for the passing game weren't bad enough. The third down conversions that Washington had were backbreaking. Uh, they gave up five conversions of third or fourth down and five yards to go or longer last week. Uh, three of those ended up being on touchdown possessions, and then the other two, well, were on drives that ended at the one-yard line. Really put MSU behind the eight ball as far as field position goes. But And also, on the other side of the field for Minnesota, they have been elite at converting at third down. They are converting their third downs at a 77.5% clip. Now, I will say, that is a number that's going to come down. That's like a basketball three-point shooter kicking off his season at an 82% clip. It's awesome. It's a small sample size, but there's no way that maintains the entire season. 77.5% third down conversions is an unholy number, and there actually hasn't been a team that has gone above 60% in the last 10 seasons at the end of the year. So, yes, this is a number that will go down. Will it start going down against Michigan State, though? And on the other end of the third down debate, or not debate, but uh, issue, I guess, 
is Michigan State's offense needs to stay on the field on third down. So yes, that is the third key to the game. Can you stay on the field on third downs? Uh, Michigan State converting third downs at a 46.5% clip. That is just outside the top 40. But also Minnesota, their defense is an even crazier opponent conversion percentage than their offense has. Minnesota's defense is letting opponents convert third downs at just an 11% clip. Again, that is just like their 77 conversion clip on offense. That's a number that is elite. An unbelievable number. So unbelievable that it's not going to maintain itself throughout the entire year. That is a number that will rise. So can MSU be one of those teams that start to get that number closer to like a 30% number, of which will be a most likely number that Minnesota ends their season on. And look, Minnesota, or Michigan State did not do themselves a lot of favors on third downs last week. Yes, they had some good conversions on third downs and fourth downs, but I can't help to think of that drive to start the game. Third and one, Michigan State instead has a loss of five. Okay, you give the ball to Washington, and look, hey, that game was out of control before really the second quarter even got going. You need to convert on third downs. Goes without saying, but man, it's really hard not to bring up third down conversions after what happened in Seattle last week. Also, the fourth key to the game is the battle between MSU's receivers and Minnesota's secondary. Uh, the run game could be hard enough to get going here because of what we saw in Seattle last week. I'm still a little, mm, a little skittish to really put a lot of faith in Michigan State's run game coming up this week. So the passing game might be the best chance of exploiting Minnesota. Again, Kane Robb of Locked on Gophers said a lot of the sacks that Minnesota has had this year or a lot of the pressure that they have created was because the secondary is able to stick on their guys. Okay, I think Michigan State is going to be a different beast than New Mexico State has given them, than Western Illinois has given them, than the Colorado has given them. So this is going to be a good test. Is Michigan State's receiving group good enough to beat the Minnesota secondary, limit the coverage sacks, and move the ball down the field and score some points. Because at the end of the day, yeah, that's that's pretty fun to do. And a good way to win a football game, I would say. And then the fifth key to the game here, yes, we are going to address the biggest defensive elephant in the room. It is the pass defense. Would it kill anyone to get an interception this season? There are 93 schools so far that have at least one interception this year, and your Michigan State Spartans are somehow not one of them. <sighs> Look, also, if we see Tanner Morgan destroy Michigan State's pass defense, like if he goes for north of 300 yards, that, that might be enough to just absolutely kill me. Um, so, yeah, uh, it helps win a football game if your pass defense doesn't give up a trillion yards. But also, let's think about us, the fans, here for a second. It would cause a nuclear meltdown amongst the fan base if Minnesota slings the rock all over the yard at Spartan Stadium. So, if not for nothing else, do it for our peace of mind. Uh, that would be really great. So, there you have it. That's the five keys to the game here in a game that I think is a must-win game, which sounds so silly, so overreactionary for a game in September. But this is a debate that we had with Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports earlier this week is, is this a, quote, must-win game? Now, hey, if you're cool, calm, collected, and you say no, that's awesome. Hey, you're free to have that opinion. I'm not going to say you're wrong. Actually, if anything, I'm kind of jealous of you that you're going into this game uh, that level-headed, 
that calm, that collected. Uh, so why isn't it a must-win game? Uh, look, there's eight more games after this one, and you can still win the Big Ten East with the one-loss record. Uh, we just saw that last year. And, hey, maybe for you, expectations have changed where an 8-4 season isn't so bad. A 9-3 season isn't so bad. And, look, at the end of the day, Minnesota is a pretty good team. Uh, they actually have the second highest odds to win the Big Ten championship amongst teams in the West. Uh, Wisconsin is still slightly, slightly higher odds above them. But, yeah, at the end of the day, Minnesota is a good team. But here's why I think it is a must-win game. Yeah, Minnesota's a good team, but you're supposed to be a good team. Michigan State, our Spartans are supposed to be a good team, and good teams win these kind of games at home, responding from a bad game last week, making the adjustments from a bad game last week, and again, to reiterate, protecting your home field. And also, this is why I think it is a must-win game. This is my biggest reason, because look at at who is on the horizon in your three games after this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking far beyond the Gophers when I have this reason, but you're at Maryland. Okay, yikes, especially a team that likes to pass the ball a lot. You're on the road. Not sure how comfortable I'd feel about playing the Terrapins on the road if you lose to Minnesota at home. Okay, and then you got two home games. That's fun, right? Maybe not. Maybe not if those games are against Ohio State and then Wisconsin. Are you looking at 3-3 three and three at the bye week? Or let's say you drop those games as well. Are you looking at 2-4, and four, for example? Um, uh-oh, that's not good. Or actually, no, it'd be 3-4 and four and 2-5. and five. Regardless, anyway, you're not going to be feeling too good here. If you're going into the bye at 3-4 and four or 2-5, and five, a loss here. And uh, look, I'm not sure how confident I can be in that next three-game stretch at Maryland against Ohio State, against Wisconsin. I'm not sure if I see a 2-1 and record in that stretch. So, and of course, it would be, you know, how Michigan State loses as well. Like, is the offensive line still in tatters? Well, that would be a big yikes because that's the only position group pretty much on the team that really can't point to injuries. They are completely healthy. This is as good as they should be. And if they get dominated against Minnesota... Whoa, yikes. Not feeling good about the rest of the season at all. And if the pass defense once again gets shredded, uh, look, with, with little Tua over Maryland on the horizon, with C.J. Stroud on the horizon, can't tell you I'm going to feel too optimistic about the rest of the season. So, yes, for the record, uh, I think it's a must win. You don't want to go 2-2 two and two as you gallivant into that next three-game stretch. And also just confidence within the team, within the fan base, within everyone. This is a must-win game. This is a must-win game, in my opinion. So, yeah, I know it's September. There shouldn't be a lot of must-win games in September, but I think this could be an instance of it being won. Now, if you don't agree with me, sound off in the comments below on YouTube. Hit us up at LockdownSpartans at gmail.com. But, yeah, hey, let's just all get into this weekend together. Let's all hold hands and pray for the best. And, hey, let's also pray for the best for our bets as well. In a hot second, we are going to see if we can make it four straight weeks in the black when it comes to five best bets. But first, just got to pay a few bills right here, so let's do that right now. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your online wagering needs, your fun. So let's get into it right now with BetOnline.net with five best bets. That's right. We have... um. 
we've been doing alarmingly well, actually. So, hey, maybe this is the week to start fading our five best bets because we went four and one last week. That puts us at 12 and eight on the season, the third winning week in a row. Let's try to make it four. Uh, just a quick recap of last week. We won the over 56 and a half in the MSU game. AM did cover the spread against Miami. Ole Miss absolutely pounded Georgia Tech. The minus 16 spread was never a factor. And then, yes, Pitt also minus 10 at Western Michigan. The spread was never a doubt right there. And the only game that we lost is, uh, well, <laughs> BYU didn't necessarily cover the spread against Oregon. After I pretty much trashed Bo Nix for a good two minutes last week, uh, he he put a stake in both of my kidneys last week. So yeah, whoopsie-daisy. Uh, let's get into our five best bets here. Again, all lines courtesy of betonline.net. Now the Minnesota-Michigan State game coming up this weekend. I think Michigan State will win. However, that Vegas line scares the crap out of me. Uh, if something stinks in Vegas, you know my theory by now. Usually take that bet. But knowing Michigan State as well as I do, I think they can win. But with that said, I don't want to cut against my own logic here. I'm not going to pick the spread either side. Instead, I'm going to be taking over 51 points. I like Minnesota's offense against MSU's defense. I like MSU's offense against Minnesota's defense. So I think it's going to climb to over 51. Again, I I'm not going to bet... Michigan State, and then watch our Spartans lose by a touchdown. Feel really dumb that I went against my own logic of taking Vegas's stinky cheese whenever they give it up. But I also don't want to bet Minnesota and then see Michigan State win by two touchdowns and be like, well, yeah, of course the Spartans were going to win. I'm just avoiding feeling dumb after the game regardless. So that's why I'm going to ride over 51 points, feel confident enough in both teams' offenses where the over is going to hit here. Other games. Now, this is a stinky line, in my opinion. Notre Dame plus one and a half on the road versus North Carolina. Notre Dame actually opened up as favorites in this game. And that kind of smells out loud because, well, I think, and probably you think, Notre Dame also really stinks out loud. Why is it this close of a game on the road against North Carolina? Well, it's also because North Carolina really stinks as well. Uh, they should have lost to Appalachian State. They only beat Georgia Southern last week by seven points. The Tar Heels are no good. Notre Dame is no good either. However, I do like the Irish defense against North Carolina here. I will take your one and a half points bet online, and I am going to take the Irish here. Now, maybe the best game of the week, perhaps, at least for the night games, you could bet on it being the best game is under 57 in Wisconsin versus OSU. Look, Wisconsin's offense, I just don't trust them enough. Yes, they put 14 points up against Washington State. Washington State, though, actually has a pretty good defense. Uh, but so does Ohio State. Their defense is fine enough to limit what the Badgers can do. I think the run game will be fine for Wisconsin. But if they start getting behind early in this game... I don't know how much I trust the passing game in Graham Mertz for Wisconsin. And, hey, Wisconsin also, on the other hand, still plays solid defense as well. So, yes, I trust Ohio State to get to 30 points. I just don't know how much higher than 30 points I trust them to get. And, on the contrary, I don't trust Wisconsin's offense to get too far over 24 points. So, we're going to go under 57 in Wisconsin versus Ohio State. Now, if you like unders, I've got a great under for you for pick number four. 
It's by far the lowest total of the week. It is the Rutgers game versus Iowa. That's right. Scarlet Knights versus Hawkeyes. The total is at 33.5. You would have to be a sick person to bet the under here. Well, fetch me a Kleenex box and some Tylenol. I'm a sick person because we are going to be going under 33.5 points. Both teams are elite at stopping the run so far this season. Rutgers offense couldn't score anything against Temple. They only got to 22 points against Boston College, who really isn't even that good. And hey, you remember this. Iowa can't score against South Dakota State. They only put up a touchdown against Iowa State. And yes, they blew up last week and put up 27 points against Nevada. It's one problem. Nevada stinks. Nevada's really not that good. So uh, yeah, we're going for it. We're going for under 33 and a half. Give me... Oh, I don't know. Iowa uh, 17, Rutgers 11. A weird score like that. That's going to get the under done. And last but not least, I hate to say this one, but I'm going to go uh, Tennessee minus 10.5 against Florida. This might be the game of the week here. 330 SEC kickoff. Pains me to say, but Tennessee might actually be good. And, uh, hey, look, Florida's a fine team. They had that fun win against Utah in the Swamp to kick off the season. And uh, Anthony Richardson is a fun quarterback. Fortunately, he might be fun to watch because anything can happen at any given time. You can see greatness, just like he did in Week 1 against Utah. You could also see him stink up the joint like he did the following week to the tune of 40% passing against Kentucky and then really not have that great of a game as they barely skated by South Florida last week. Now they got to go on the road to a very, very tough atmosphere in Knoxville. I don't have a lot of faith in Anthony Richardson this week. I'm sorry. On the contrary, I got a lot of faith in Tennessee, and that that brings me no joy to say, but here we are. Uh, So there you have it to recap the five best bets of the week. If you want to tail me or if you want to fade me, either way, let's just try to make some money this week. Tennessee minus 10.5. We have under 33.5 in Rutgers versus Iowa, under 57 in Wisconsin versus OSU, Notre Dame plus 1.5 on the road versus North Carolina, and then in our Spartans versus Gophers, I have over 51. Best of luck to all of you. Let's all have a great weekend. That's right. We're all going to get through this game together, and uh, no matter what happens, we will be back. I'm going to try to drop a reaction video on Saturday night here on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, that will be there for you. Uh, maybe Sunday. I'll, I'll drop the episode on the podcast on Sunday, get you a jump start to your week. But regardless, any way you listen, any way you watch, cannot thank you enough for being part of the Locked on Spartans community. You guys are the best. Let's have a great tailgate. Let's have a great game day. Love you all. Let's have a weekend. Go Green.